Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the School for Women Who Have Learned Nothing for the past 18 episodes and thus are still dumb. I'm your host woman, used to think that grown-ups always knew what they were doing, Hannah Varrell. With me is Thought Arkansas was pronounced Arkansas until last year, Alexandra Haddo. Who has a silent S on the end of a word, Hannah? And once believed a woman lived in the lift, Carolina Donahue. I thought she read out the floors, I didn't really understand how the lift could work any other way. Have you ever had a stupid thought, Bell of Academic Clarity? <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh, Belle. As if you could have been a virgin, Belle. You always get laid, Belle. This week we're studying design technology, art and history. So unless a local boy has invited you to the bike sheds to share his chips, let's get started. So Alex, you're covering something that, unusually for three white women in our 20s, none of us have. That's right, Hannah. A career. A nitri bullet. Only joking. It's... Tattoos. Oh, yeah, we don't have any of those. Yeah, and I think we're in the minority now. I don't understand. How do we decide who the fun one is if none of us has tattoos? I have a nose piercing. So does Hannah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So So we just know that Caroline's not the fun one. I have an upper ear piercing, guys. I have two. Shut up, (gasps) Hannah. I have more pubes than you. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to do tattoos for this episode because um, my friend and listener of the podcast, Lauren Park. Hello, Lauren, if you're listening. Um, sent me a message saying that she was listening to our one of our old episodes where we talked about Thomas Edison and mm-hmm. the light bulb and how he patented and invented everything. Well, guess what, guys? He patented the first mechanised needle to puncture the skin. Oh, come on. I know, he has everything. And so um, and that made me think about tattoos and then I thought, why not do tattoos? Um, so, yeah, of course, we don't have any. Uh, but why are they permanent? I actually don't understand how they work at all. You put some ink on a needle and then the needle goes into your skin and then your skin looks that way. Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? Because I always wondered, how does it look like it's on the surface of your skin, but actually it can't be because otherwise that would flick off? Yeah, and because your (laughs) skin renews itself. There's like, you have like seven layers of skin or something, don't you? And then the outer one sort of dies and the new ones come up and then a new one forms underneath it. Mm, So why doesn't the new one, or how come the new one can have ink in it still? Because your body stops developing after a tattoo. No, it doesn't. Um, It's because the needle puts the ink through your epidermis, which is the the top layer, which is like your skin that you touch and that flakes off like a snake, um, and into the dermis, which is like a deep layer of skin. So it it damages the skin a lot. And uh, basically it, it puts the pigment into that layer of your skin and the pigment particles are too big to be eaten and destroyed by white blood cells which obviously attack it at first because it's yeah. like what the hell is this um, so they just sit there in your skin forever that's gross so is there technically layer on top of the tattoo yeah technically so the the skin that you have on, on the top doesn't have ink in it uh, no so the tattoo can be seen through that, through that skin yeah, and that's what you're seeing so yeah. nasty um, I didn't go into who first did tattoos because it's something like 12,000 years BC and everyone's done them in yeah. different cultures and they all mean different things and the Egyptians were in there and if I have to talk about them one more time. <laughs> so I'm concentrating on modern tattooing. Sure. Um, how do you remove a tattoo? Get them lasered. Correct. But how? What, how does lasering Ooh, what happens them, there? How guess... does lasering your skin remove... Are you essentially burning off the pattern? No, you're not, which would be slightly more logical but what you are actually doing is you are shooting a laser of light (laughs) into the pigment particles 
and it breaks the pigment particles up. Oh my god! So that your body can then. Mm. I know. Like I don't understand how that doesn't give you cancer. Yeah, I know. I mean, it works. It can completely take your tattoo off. So the little white blood cells then come in and eat up. Yeah, and then your body like absorbs it and dissolves it and gets rid of it. Gross. Um, but it's you know it's, it takes its toll on you because you have to have quite a few sessions. It's very expensive. Mm. Um, so yeah, ew. But also, yeah. it's all very gross. This. Yeah, I know. So basically, the, t- the word tattoo comes from Tahitian. They're new in the originals. Welcome to the party, Tahiti. Um, And it's a Tahitian word, tattoo, spelt like the Russian band. Uh, (laughs) T-A-T-U. They were good, weren't they? They were good. I had their album and it was fucking solid. Where are they now? I was going to say one's dating Lemba Opik, but that was the cheeky girls. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It means to mark something, which makes sense. Um, Yeah, 12,000 years B.C., We've been doing this for donkeys, lads. And yet there are still so many shit ones of dolphins around. Oh, my God. So I asked people today about their tattoo stories, and I was absolutely inundated. So was the Dumb Woman Pod Twitter. Yeah, which is connected to my phone, so I was getting fucking shitty tattoo stories all day. Yeah, same. I thought I was popular for a minute. And then I was like, oh, no. I don't have push notifications because I'm trying to find myself some Oh, of course, yes. You are morally superior to us, Mm. I had forgotten. Yes, Me time. Um, so I looked into different me. <laughs> I looked into different meanings of tattoos because you know what do you think of when you see like a guy that's got a teardrop tattooed under his eye? Oh, he's murdered prison. someone. Prison, prison. Yeah, he's either been in prison or he's killed someone or he's seen someone die or someone in his gang has died. Or he cried so hard it stayed there. Ooh. Oh, he's so sensitive. No, that's just like a Tom Hanks film. <laughs> <laughs> the man who cried too much. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I wanted to know about secret tattoos and what like what things mean. Um, and the most interesting fa- one I found was Russian and former Soviet Republican tattoos. They have a complex system of symbols which give detailed information about the wearer. So like other people that know Ooh. how to decipher it. Oh, wow. How interesting is that? But surely once someone breaks the code... Then they'll be like, right, arrest everyone with like, you know, a hammer and sickle tattoo or whatever. And everyone will be like, shit, cover it up. Mm. I know, but I don't think it's so much as like we're involved in this club. I think it's more about like, Hannah, you are the <laughs> treasurer. <laughs> oh. A tattoo to say or... that you're the treasurer or something is yeah. the least cool tattoo. <laughs> it's kind HR of... HR manager tattoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the university's chess club. Yeah. Um, and the area of the body on which they were placed was also meaningful. It's basically all like gang culture. Like in El Salvador, the gang culture is really strong and they all have tattoos to kind of prove, like they get like their whole chests tattooed and their neck and it's all kind of like a sort of branding almost of being part of the gang because it's such a strong culture there. Um, but enough of that, guys. Let's get on to funny tattoo stories. Yeah. Yay, lighthearted opener. That's what um, I came here for. I had many, many, many tattoo stories sent to me today, but um, my favourite one was my friend from school, Amy, who wrote to me. Hello, Amy. And uh, told me this great story that was going around Thailand when she was there um, about a Scottish guy that went to get a tattoo. He wanted a thistle and Scotland written big on his back and he went to a traditional Thai tattooist and the tattooist didn't understand what a thistle was. So the guy explained, oh, it's a flower, but it's got a spiky top. And he did a rough drawing of it. The tattooist was like, oh, yeah, of course, no problem. I know what you mean. Three hours later, he's done. And he says, want to take a look? He gets a mirror and he's got Scotland across his back and underneath is a pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) How good is this? So perfect. I love it. And one of my favourite shows for ages was Tattoo Fixers because it was just... Oh, because you fancied Jay. I did fancy Jay. Oh, I remember this, yeah. yeah. But also, now I've realised that, you know, he's not the one. And just the things that people think they want is really strange. Or, you know, I'm going to get this to symbolise something I did ten years ago. And, like, you know, yeah. oh, credit, like, do what you want. I'll but... do this for an elderly relative who definitely would have hated it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so people came back to me with loads of stories and obviously spelling mistakes and stuff like that. Famously, um, yeah. David Beckham has a tattoo saying Victoria and I think it's in Hindi and it's spelled wrong. Oh, um, okay. My ex-boyfriend told me that who can read Hindi. Um, 
And uh, my friend got in touch and said, uh, I don't know if football is allowed on your show, which I said that it was, as long as we do proceed it with a mention of David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so covered off there, all of our yeah. house rules. Thank you very much. Um, and potentially objectify him in some way as well. So um, he's fit. Nice yep. balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says there's an absolute deluge of football tattoos online of like cups that your team didn't actually win like they got to the final and you get the tattoo and then they don't win that year so it'll say like Liverpool Uh, Champions of Europe 1994 and they didn't win oh what you get it before they've actually played the final why would you do that absolutely yeah players never signed he says is another thing oh wow Uh, because you think because it's sort of almost confirmed and then it never happens Um, imagine if that's what you're getting a tattoo of though I know I once saw a guy with just the Leeds um, like premiership table tattooed on his calf like the whole thing just like oh 1998 fourth you know 1989 oh, no. oh can I tell you the Fifth. best ta- the best worst tattoo I've ever seen yeah so um I was talking to this guy in a bar one night uh and we were talking about books and uh he said what's your favorite book and I said like oh I don't know but I think maybe The Great Gatsby and he's like oh my god my favorite book is The Great Gatsby and he was like I love it so much I got a tattoo inspired by it and I thought it was going to be like you know the green light at the end of the harbor or whatever and he pulled or something like art deco or yeah and he he pulls up his jeans and on his calf is a photorealistic tattoo of Leonardo DiCaprio <gasps> Like holding a martini glass in the promo poster for the Baz oh, Luhrmann. Oh, no. Seriously. So, I, so did like, he love the film or did he get confused? Oh, no, no. no I, I said, did you, what, did you really love the film? And he was like, uh, no, I mostly love the book. <gasps> I was like, what? what? Oh, no. <laughs> what you've done there, pal, is got a tattoo of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I have, I, I tweeted this. I will retweet that tweet again. When this episode comes out, oh my everyone goodness, see. that, that is, is hilarious and amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, people just are obsessed with them, and it, they're a really strange thing when you think about it. But I, I do feel like we're in the absolute minority now. Yeah, and we I, definitely yeah. are. And I we, also we need to get something that will join us in our pack to not have a tattoo. But what would it be? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> a bracelet. I just think it's such a permanent thing. Honestly, I think if you want to get a tattoo, go and get a tattoo. But my personal um, thing with it is that what if I changed my mind like people go to the Olympics and they get the Olympic rings tattooed on them it's like you were yeah. like yeah, yeah but what about in the future when you're not in the Olympics no, <laughs> but I think if you've if you've like swum in the Olympics or whatever definitely get a tattoo of the Olympic rings because then when you're 90 and you're all wrinkly and stuff you can be like I was in the Olympics you yeah. can fuck off like but you can say that anyway yeah but like, <laughs> I said that though I actually um I mean, it's no secret. Most people with tattoos are great, but there is a proportion of tattoo bores that, like, they just like sit there, like, and this one means this, and this one <laughs> means this, and you're just like, shut up, let me enjoy my drink. Um, <laughs> but the kind of like tattoo people that I love talking to the most are the ones that are covered in like slightly shit tattoos. Like, well, like One Direction. <laughs> no, not even that. Like, I, I used to have a friend who, like, she had like a like a, her own drawing of a cat like kind of thing and it was completely crap and it was like done by her friend at a party and I kind of love that she has this sort of like temporary approach to her own body it's just like yeah you know do you know why it's not permanent because this is temporary because me being alive is temporary and fuck it and I love that I like that as well Um, and uh John Underwood got in touch as well and said that. Um, Hello, John. Uh, Hello, John. Because uh, I said, what you know, what are people's reasons for getting a tattoo, and also why do you think it becomes addictive? And um, John said that uh, his reason, he said, never been interested in it before, but um, he's been very ill for a long time, um, and he's on the mend now. Hooray! And uh, he said, well, I've always been very anti, but since my body has been so damaged, I sort of want one to reclaim it, which I mm-hmm. quite liked. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, John is a very good friend of mine, IRL, and my favorite thing about him in. Tattoos is that he says tattoo. <laughs> that's adorable. So yeah, I was talking about getting a tattoo, and you go, "Don't get a tattoo." <laughs> that's like how my dad says it. No, my dad says pizza as well. Sounds pizza. My granddad used to say pizza. <laughs> I met a guy once who um, his friend was 
training to be a tattoo artist and he volunteered himself as the sort of like because you know normally if you learn to, if you learn to do tattoos you do it on like a dead pig skin or something yeah oh my god yeah you do you have to yeah. buy pig skin from the butchers and tattoo that. I mean that makes total sense but also is a horrible image yeah, yeah yeah definitely but this guy had volunteered his own body for it and so he he took his shirt off to kind of show us and um he was just covered in like the worst tattoos but not even like funny bad just bad, bad tattoos oh, no. I have like a cheering, isn't he? One last tattoo story was um, the journalist Marie Leconte. Mm-hmm. Or Leconte. Ah, bonjour Marie. Bonjour Marie. Uh, I had some very cool stories about getting a tattoo at like a rave with some people in Paris and she was 18. And then she said that it becomes addictive because the fear of the pain and the anxiety is gone once you've got your first one. So you're like, oh, and it's kind of a known experience now and I'm going to get another one. Uh, but the, one of the most interesting things I found out about tattoos was Sailor Jerry was a real guy. Huh? Who's Sailor Jerry? Who's like- Sailor Jerry Rum? Yeah. He was a real guy called Sailor Jerry who started this whole sort of aesthetic of like sailor tattoos, you know, like Amy Winehouse had of yeah, like yeah, yeah. exotic like women and, and yeah, that sort of wow. thing. And he was extremely famous for this. And, you know, like the whole, the whole aesthetic oh. of like anchors and oh, wow. all oh, no. of that. Was he responsible for 2008? <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Wow. Yeah, sorry about that. So yeah, tattoos are cool and, and you should all get one if you want one. <laughs> Well, we've poured out the warm white wine into plastic glasses and about 30% of the seats are full, so I think it must be time for our Women Who Code Mixer. This week we're delving into the tech side once again with a keynote speech all about planned obsolescence. Um, Do you two know what this is at all? I don't know, but I think the US government are trying to defund it at the moment. And it's very important to women's health. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, it's where you don't drink alcohol, so you're practicing obsolescence. Yes. Well, as usual on this podcast, it is those things, but it's also not at all. Oh. Uh, According to Wikipedia, planned obsolescence is when something is designed to have an artificially limited useful life. So it'll become obsolete, which means, you know, unfashionable or no longer functional after a certain period of time got told this when I was at school by my DT teacher. What, but you were obsolescent? Yeah, I was just like going <laughs> to... You are not chic you anymore. You are irrelevant. <laughs> uh, Children, no. not the future. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, they make cars and iPhones and stuff like that to not last forever so that you have to buy a new one. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. The first time you realise that as a, like a yeah. teenager, you're like, whoa, man, yeah. capitalism. <laughs> like, updates aren't a thing made by God. So there's always a lot of chat about planned obsolescence in kind of, you know, the tech industry uh, every time a new iPhone comes out. And that's because uh, the study showed that searches for iPhone slow or like iPhone slowing down increase before a new model is released. Wow. You know, Oh, my God. We are ruled by the ghost of Steve Jobs. (laughs) Yeah. We truly, truly are. Like you always have that stubborn thing where you like, you know, your iPhone is kind of coming towards the winter of its life and yeah. you're like no man I'm going to keep you alive with transplants and not updating the software yeah. <laughs> and always having you plugged in otherwise you'll turn yeah. off um, so yeah so the results of that study made people think that Apple were releasing software updates that slowed down phones just before they brought a new one out um, but there's actually no proof that this is true feels true though well, they've bought the proof. It could be a psychological phenomenon, Caroline, where Ooh. your brain turns your desire to get a fancy new phone into anxiety about your current one. So you can kind of justify getting a new one because you're like, oh, I think this one's slowing down. That's fascinating. I'd like to argue that they make your brain slow down so that you think you need a new phone. Oh. Apple, Huge slow your brain yeah. down. Yeah. And another big part of planned obsolescence in tech is the obsolescence of desirability, mm. which uh, basically if you're still going around with an iPhone 5, you're a huge monster and you should go and live in a hole. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I've got my phone 4 here, so... Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, look at it. You know if you've still got the old, the big charger on an iPhone? Mm. I don't think you're allowed to travel internationally. <laughs> thing is, I don't even know if you're joking. You are not allowed a passport with one of them. <laughs> Uh, and of course, we all know that men were the very first type of product to have planned obsolescence built into them. Am I right, ladies? Way! Oh, I believe you are right, Anna. You are correct. <laughs> because once you've had one for a while, Caroline, they start to realise that you're a pain in the ass, and they stop being nice to you, and it makes you want an upgrade. Oh my Clever. god! <laughs> I don't need an upgrade. I just need a grade. 
Any grade. Yeah. Any grade will yeah. do. Apart yeah. from like grade eight, that's too young. <laughs> so I thought for an activity to finish off the mixer today, um, I want to know when you both have found the key to the big coding booth in the sky or however life works, uh, what will you code with planned obsolescence? I'll start us off. I would want Nutella to use planned obsolescence because it is just not that good um, and it could do with an update. I'd be open to seeing new types of Nutella every year or so, ah. maybe. You know, old jars in the cupboard. Uh, if they went mouldy instead of living in that weird suspended animation they always seem to be in. Yeah. That'd be fine. But they could add some like chopped nuts into it or like... Oh, it'd be lovely. Have a little bit of like a like a chocolate, like a more chocolatey Nutella. Wait. Yeah. They should do with Nutella they did with Coke, like cherry Coke and vanilla Coke. And yes. Give us some variation. Come on. Honeycomb. Oh my God. Yeah, that's definitely. Fun. Carry on. Uh, democracy. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Fighting political satire. So topical. Yeah, we definitely need to introduce some planned obsolescence into that because clearly it is breaking down around us. Um, I'd like to throw a bit of a spanner in the works and I'm going to break into the coding HQ of Magnum and I'm going to reverse that fucking shit. Whoa, hang <laughs> Magnum on, the ice cream. Magnum the ice cream, they release a new flavour approximately every eight minutes. They're yeah. always bullshit. You oh, always pink go one's for... really good. No, it's too much. Oh, the one with the raspberry in it. It's no. terrible. Horrible. It's nice, lads. Oh, you're the only one ever on earth that thinks that. Marion Keys thinks so too. Well, two of you. So maybe it's an Irish thing. <laughs> if you're in Ireland, Magnum, keep up that pink one. If not, <laughs> stop with all the pop-ups, stop with all the experiences. Oh, the, the stupid, like, oh, melted the, nuts and yeah, gold foil. Yeah. Also, like, how can they advertise themselves as being sexy when it's the least sexy ice cream to eat because it always goes all around the side of yeah. your mouth? Yeah. They're definitely, like, in all the ads, they're like, you want to fuck this Magnum, don't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to, like, slow down their obsolescence and just, you know, just stop bringing out updates because I can't keep up and I'm sick of it. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad to know that we're each just as bitter and cynical about life as when we came into this seminar. Mm. Let's not connect on LinkedIn, even though I have a horrible feeling we'll bump into each other next week when I'll be wearing the exact same outfit. Oh, no! <laughs> Worst thing ever. <laughs> And now I'm Hannah's warm-up guy, which is apt, because I'm warming you up for oh, your topic. Ooh. Very good at this. Which is what, Hannah? Which is central heating. Ooh, ooh I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, my question actually uh, is from a listener this week. God, we're getting more of those, right? Yeah. Listeners. <laughs> yes, our listener Jenny Darmody wrote in with a question. She said... My dumb question is about back boilers. I just bought my first house and it was built in the 70s and it has a back boiler behind the fireplace, which apparently heats the radiators when the fire is lighting. Because I am a dumb woman, I don't understand how this works. And also, I'm not sure if it's possible if I can have a back boiler and also a gas boiler. Can you help make me less dumb about back boilers and heating in general? Uh, first off, Jenny, well done for buying a house. Yeah, yeah. well, that's fucked pretty up, good. Insane. I mean, I'm assuming that Jenny is maybe in her 20s or 30s and female. So, yeah, Jenny, please do send us a link to the Guardian article where you tell everyone how you saved for the deposit. Yes, of oh, course. Yes. I mean, that's mandatory yeah. now, isn't it? Not being bitter there. That's just genuinely yeah. what seems to happen any time a young person buys a house. I look forward to hearing about how you skipped brunch and inherited seven grand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tasted an avocado. <laughs> Uh, secondly, to add some thrill to this segment, which might sound a bit dry, really, central heating, I'm going to go with the heating theme and add in a hot or not segment throughout. Ooh. So Ooh. I'm 90s gonna... magazine alert. Yeah. <laughs> 90s magazine realness. <laughs> so I'm going to say a thing. You literally just have to tell me whether it's hot or not. Okay. Mm. So start with cold calling. Not hot. Not hot. Also, surely illegal at this point, right? Like the way th when you pick up the phone and they're like... It's the robot that does artful pauses. Like, Not illegal, but just hello. stupid, I think. Yeah. I hear you've been in an accident. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Maybe yeah. it's just like old people sending e-cards. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Doris. I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> heard you've been in an accident. <laughs> Hope you're well, Jenard. <laughs> so back to Jenny's question, anyway. I had to look up what a back boiler was to answer this. Uh, here's what I learnt. A backboiler is a device which is fitted to a residential heating stove or open fireplace to enable it to provide both room heat and domestic hot water or central heating. So it's like you've got your heating thing and it heats the room, but it also heats some water and then it goes around the house. Yeah, I'd say that a yeah. boiler is probably 
I mean, the second reason why I'm not buying a house, the first one being that I will never have even close to enough money. But number two reason is that if the boiler breaks, I would then have to pay for it to be repaired. Oh, I know, yeah. right? Nightmare. Yeah. Awful. Boring, boring. Um, from what I picked up from context clues in like Richard Curtis films, it costs between 2000 and £20,000. Yes. Boiler. <laughs> I believe so, yes. It is yeah. a big deal. You might have to take a lodger with uh, romantic consequences. Ooh. Ooh. Richard, if you're listening. Yeah, next plot. Uh, back boilers require that the hot water or central heating system be able to disperse all of the heat captured from the fire. Otherwise, boiling or overheating of the water can occur and they might explode. <gasps> and they now don't uh, allow new back boilers to be made but you can still have a back boiler if you already had one. Oh, oh cool so you can still live in a dangerous house if it's old oh exactly yeah so Great. do be careful with your back boiler there Jenny <laughs> and um, if you're sleeping alone tonight <laughs> remember to lock the doors <laughs> in Ireland whenever we turn like the hot water on it's called the immersion I don't think that exists here no one ever says it I think my mum said that. Oh, really? Yeah, Sounds very I don't know religious. what it is, though. I don't it know does it sound religious. <laughs> Has she had her immersion yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally being submerged. <laughs> um, hot or not? Deep heat. Hot. hot. Um, also, it smells like Dr Pepper. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, the next bit of Jenny's question was, can I have a back boiler and a gas boiler? Uh, I literally couldn't find anything that answered that question flat out. But as far as I could tell, I think they're just different ways of having a boiler in a house. And I don't think you would have two boilers in a house. So I think probably just have one of them. Jenny, there you go. There you go. Saving you pennies on the dollar. Absolutely. Hot or not? Billboard Hot 100. Uh, no. Yeah, not hot. Really? Because whenever I think that I'm into like popular music and then I look at the Billboard Top 100 and realise I haven't heard any of the songs on it. Yeah. So not hot. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so how do boilers work generally? I literally don't know. Um, do either of you know? Is it like a filament in a light bulb at the bottom but bigger? Yeah, yeah that's what I was Yeah, like a say. hob. Yeah, you know? it's a hot yeah, thing. It's like a big hot rod that gets... <laughs> <laughs> That gets uh, now warm, that is hot. Rapidly warmed up, and the water inside of it gets very hot, and the water's piped in by your pipes, and it's a constant cycle of hot water being hotted. Yeah, basically, <laughs> what happens is there's gas jets inside the boiler that fire up to heat the water, um, and then water is pumped through. It gets warm in the boiler, and then it goes out and about and around your house into like radiators and all that sort of stuff. Mm, yum. That's nice. And natural gas burns blue when it has the right amount of oxygen. If it burns yellow, there's not enough oxygen and your boiler may be creating a dangerous toxic gas called carbon monoxide. Ooh. So you should always have a carbon monoxide detector somewhere near a gas boiler. There was a lot of like watchdog reconstruction videos of carbon monoxide poisoning in yes. the 90s. Yeah. Mm. Hot or not? Hot dogs. Hot. Not hot. I think not hot too. You dickhead. They're big, they're, I mean, I love all the stuff that goes in hot dogs. I love the like little like crunchy fried onions. They're good. But like, it's a weird thing to eat. And as well, um, you go into those like short itchy, we love American meat places like Red Dog or whatever. Yeah. And it's like they load loads of stuff on it. You can't pick it up, but but eating it with a knife and fork feels weird too. Yeah. And there's no good way to eat them. Messy. The meat's always like shit. Yeah. Yeah, Just not hot. Get a good burger. Yeah. Um, radiators, why are they the shape that they are? Ooh. <gasps> Ooh, um, because the man who designed them also designed an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> Only wanted to do one pattern. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing, squiggly yeah. bricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if you've ever looked at a radiator, you'll notice uh, most of them are, have lots of folds in them. Uh, and that's because that increases their surface, <gasps> surface area. area. Yeah. So then the metal of the radiator comes into contact with more air. And it warms oh. up the way a radiator works is it warms up the air around it. And then the air goes off into other mm-hmm. parts of the room. And uh, it makes everything lovely and warm. Oh. I have a question for you. Why is turning on the heat so expensive? And is it as expensive as my dad thinks it is? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why do dads act like turning the central heating on and just being at a normal human temperature? Yeah, it's going to cost you, like, 50 quid a day or something. I know. Like, it's oh like God. you're, like, the fucking Romanovs before the revolution. Honest like, to God. It's, like, insane. Like, it's like he would rather live in a fridge 
than pay two pounds. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably is something around. I mean, I haven't. I am one of those people who just kind of pays the bill, and the bill is the same each month because yeah, I've done one of those fine. standardized things. Yeah, us too. Um, and I kind of don't think about it too much. I'd rather just be warm. I just think in the late eighties, all the dads got together to find <laughs> something to be really what could like you know okay, not everything is perfect. Our jobs are hard. Our children are demanding. What can we like funnel all of our ambition <laughs> into? <laughs> Keeping the heating bill as low as we possibly can. <laughs> it's so true. So and it's weird. like, after a while, I'm like, Dad, there's only so many layers I can put on before I'm just like in a coat yeah. in a sitting room. Unable to move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hot or not? The common cold. Oh, so not hot. Not hot. Definitely. Although, hang on, just in this for the sake of being argumentative, uh, it is hot when you've been sick for a while and you, your voice goes a little bit like, this. Yes. Because I sound a bit like this when I'm Yeah, it's kind of hot. And you need to be like an ingenue uh, in a film. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really, I'm really bothered about that <laughs> still. There are hot water radiators, but there are also steam radiators, less commonly. They're one of the oldest type of radiators and are still used today. Oh. Yeah, and really? they work in the same way. The boiler heats up the water, the water turns to steam, steam travels around the pipes. Like the Hogwarts of radiators. Yes. Hot or not? Hot chip, the band. Hot. Not hot. Oh, hot. Caroline. No. Who are you? One of our uh, very dedicated listeners, one of my best friends, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Um, We uh, lived together uh, on and off over the years and he had this hot chip poster that he just took from house to house <laughs> I feel like I've woken up so many times with that fucking hot chip poster like, roaring over my head and I just I just hate them <laughs> just sick of that poster and sick of them oh, not to you Ryan very strongly about that yeah alright leave you to that um, the heating radiator was invented by Franz Sangali, a Prussian-born Russian businessman living in St. Oh. Petersburg between 1855 and 1857. Well, pick a year. Yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but a guy called Denison was first to call it a radiator, and he was French. Ah. But guess who first had central heating? The Egyptians. The Chinese. Ancient Rome. Oh. oh, it's one of the four answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, a system of heating called a hypocaust, uh, where they would kind of circulate hot air in this um, area underneath the room. And you had to be very rich indeed to have one of those. That Caesar was rinsing it. It's Caesar's not a dad who cares about the heating bill. <laughs> Put it on, babe. Put it on high. <laughs> Leave it on all night. Let Rome know. burn. <laughs> Well, I hope that's answered your question, Jenny. Um, And I hope you and your back boiler are safe in your new home. (laughs) (laughs) That's all from the news. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Then... And speaking of hot or not, Caroline, you're about to tell us about someone 
very, very hot. The hottest man of all. Yeah. I know. Who do you think it is? I'll tell you. It's it's Mark Ruffalo. It's not Mark Ruffalo, but weird that you think he's the hottest man of all. I would call him like above average. Out of all of them. No, I was just looking at a picture of him today and thinking that he looked hot. He's a sweetie, isn't he? Yeah. I can't ever tell him from Michael Sheen. Mm. The hottest man of all is, in fact, Guy Fawkes. Of course. Too hot, if anything. Too hot for TV, man. <laughs> um, uh, so, this, so this is vaguely seasonally appropriate. Um, this will go out in and around or sort of near kind of two weeks or so um, around the 5th of November, which is very famous. <gasps> remember, remember, remember the, the 5th, 5th of November. November. Gunpowder, treason and plot. The reason of something is something... That, so oh, I, ha- I can, I, I, I can I see, no, I see no reason why gunpowder, why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Oh, Wow. Is this an English thing that you're going to yeah, make fun no, of us it is. for? This is why I was so um, I was so weirded out by this whole thing because we don't really have a we don't have this obviously because that would be weird if we did. Yeah, but I've never thought about that. Yeah, like so, uh, I remember vaguely picking up on like context clues uh, growing up in Ireland from like the Beano and the Dandy that Guy Fox was a thing, um, but I never really knew about it. And then like I remember learning about it in passing when I was learning about like Catholic persecution in in history class, and and Guy Fox being like a a result of that. Oh, How? is he a Catholic? All, literally, all I know is he tried to blow up Parliament for some reason, and it didn't work. But now we have fireworks. Yeah, and I remember I mean, yeah. that he was hung, drawn, and quartered. I and yeah. castrated. Oh, really? I know. Oh, Ming, they really overstepped their boundaries there. I think. Um, but anyway, uh, give you a brief little life story. Uh, Guy Fox was born the thirteenth of April, fifteen seventy. He was born in York. His parents uh, raised him Protestant, but after his dad died, he his mum converted to Catholicism to marry someone because she wanted to get hers. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, mother. <laughs> um, and, she um, wanted her dynamite. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Uh, and uh, little Guy was only eight years old at the time. Just like calling your son Guy. What's that? It's yeah. like that, that one kid who lives here. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Guy was eight years old at the time. Obviously, he had to convert with his mother to Catholicism. And, uh, you know, there was a... This was during the reign of King James I, who came immediately after Queen Elizabeth. Uh, these kind of couple of hundred years in English history is very, very tumultuous because um, Henry VIII obviously brings everyone over to Protestantism after he wants to shag Anne Boleyn. Yeah. And making all of England Protestant and <laughs> creating the Church of England. That is the ultimate making your friends all go to a club they don't want to go to just because you know the person is going to be Come on, that'd be great, guys. <laughs> they have mini pizzas there. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it's a really fascinating time in history that often gets swept over because, like, there's a constant push and pull of, like, Catholics and Protestants and, like, trying to sort of gain power. And during this particular time in English history, like, the Catholics were very much an underclass. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, like, it, it was very, very difficult to just be a Catholic. Like, it was, you were sort of left out of most political parties. It was very much a kind of a religious segregation thing. It was it was so much about who you were, um, what your religion was. And so he became disenfranchised. He became very disenfranchised, Ooh. yeah. So he um, went off when he was of age to fight in the 80 years war which was um, Spain against uh, the Netherlands <laughs> that sounds so much like a World Cup game when yeah. you introduce it like that <laughs> yeah so he fought in the 80 years war and uh, he got very very into the sort of cause during that um, he actually changed his name to Guido Fox <gasps> while he was fighting abroad in Europe I think he became very worldly because um, to be on the side of the continental Europeans, like the Spanish and the Italians, they were all still Catholic and they were still in the pocket of the Pope. Um, and so he like changed his name to like sort of pledge his allegiance to the kind of Catholic cause. Because really, like they were still like, oh God, we're supposed to be the people who like own Europe because most of Europe was still this Catholic. This is the plot of point. Homeland. Is it? Is it? Yeah. What? I mean, like he basically went off to fight and then... And then and became radicalized. Yeah, yeah. It it is kind of it's such a fascinating story because it is the story of every terrorist plot ever, which is like somebody grows up a certain way, the world they see is very unfair towards them. They become young and angry. They go into the army. They get you know radicalized, and then they come through it with this like, okay, I got to change things, and that's you know that's very much what terrorism is. Like I think 
obviously terrorism is terrifying, which is why it's called that. But I often think that when we talk about like a lot of terrorist things that have happened over the years, no one ever talks about like, yeah, but people only turn to those things when they feel like they have nothing left. Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people in South Africa see Nelson Mandela as a terrorist. But My that's husband, history, yeah. so it's all about perspective. Yeah, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Yeah. And and you, you, you militarise people by oppressing them. And I think that's been shown again and again and again, but in particularly in the case of Guy Fawkes, um, which is okay, he him and he banded together with these other English Catholics and their plan was to blow up the Houses of Parliament and to take the Princess Elizabeth, not not Queen Elizabeth, Princess Elizabeth, who's King James's um heir, to sort of take her captive after they've killed her oh, uh, father and his entire party. Oh, right. His entire parliament. And they were going to sort of use her as the plan to use her as almost like a puppet and then take back control as Catholics. Um, oh, God, take back control is literally the slogan of Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so they... I, I, the ease with which they were able to do this puzzles me because they like rented a room underneath Parliament. <laughs> what? It's just like, how could that have been easy to do? I don't know. Can um, I take the one with the bomb holder, please? Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they just rented this room underneath Parliament. I have no idea what who the fuck rented that out. Um, but then, yeah, Guy Fox was one of like many people. He was actually considered the least important person in that gang really like he was just kind of one of the young guys that they got in you know and a lot of the uh, figureheads were sort of like killed in the skirmish and uh, Guy's job was to guard the gunpowder and to eventually light the gunpowder which presumably would have killed him anyway I think yeah, it was I guess so. always going to be a suicide mission oh really well I didn't I've never I haven't seen anyone use those terms but reading it it's like well, surely, you know, he yeah. would have died. Unless right. there was a really long, like... Yeah, but I think that's only, fuse. like, movies where that happens, right? Like, I mean... Be like, I'll light it now, but there's a minute for someone to come and save the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, weird little fact that uh, historians throw around a lot is that um, apparently the gunpowder was, like, gotten off anyway, so it Aww. wouldn't have ignited. I don't know why I was saying, like... So oh, I was feel sorry for him. <laughs> like, yeah, it's weird, because you were, like, weirdly on his side. No, no, you, no! You're not on the side at all. That's a t- stupid thing to say, but you do understand where he's coming from and why you would get into that yeah. cause. I feel like surely there's been a BBC drama about this. I'd like to watch it. Yeah, yeah, like a little little Andrew Garfield could play him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God, I love him. He needs to remember his roots. I feel so. Yeah. Then obviously the plot goes awry. Somebody sends a letter to somebody ratting out the <gasps> gang. Wait, when? Like. Like, why are they in there? Yeah. Because letters worked faster in those days. I guess. Because they didn't have the internet to, <laughs> to slow letters down. All I know is that somebody <laughs> found out, Hannah, and don't ask why, but they found out, um, apprehended Guy and his whole crew. As I said, a lot of them were killed in the skirmish and the rest of them were captured and put on trial for treason. Guy himself, or Guido, was put on, was like he was tortured for two days. Um, <sighs> why was he the main one that we remember? I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, Maybe because he was found next to the gunpowder kind of thing. Maybe just because he had a cool name. Yeah, I think he, he does have a cool name, yeah. He's called, like, you know, James Smith Knight. Yeah, and there were, like, portraits done of him and stuff, so I think that sort of distinctive look of the facial hair maybe people find memorable. Uh, yeah, and so he was tortured for two days. And in fairness to him, he held up for two days before he gave up names because they were supposed to give up names of the um, rest of his terrorist cell and then after that he, he was so weak that he had to like be forced to, like he, his hand had to be held when they signed his confession oh I've seen I think you, there's a picture oh, of yeah, his confession it's really scribbling yeah, yeah well yeah, that, that's what torture will do to you and then he was um, hung drawn quartered and castrated oh yeah is that really necessary well, like, toxic I think, masculinity again yeah <laughs> and that and that's what brings us to remember, remember the 5th of November because a lot of people have been asking like, do we need to remember this thing? Like obviously his plot was terrible and it would have completely upended British society. Do you know what I mean? It would have changed the course of history forever. Um, who knows what Britain would be like now? It would just, it's like, it's it's like a butterfly effect beyond imagining if all those people had died. Um, so that is that what we're celebrating? Or when we burn effigies of Guy Fawkes and, you know, light fires because that's what we do to celebrate the death of a terrorist or is it, is it, or is it just a gruesome, cathartic group hate? I thought we were celebrating the fact that we foiled, we, yeah. you know, foiled the attack. 
Yeah, that's and what And then it is. you burn you the burn effigy instead. because yeah. you're like, hey, they didn't succeed. Yeah. And you're like, you're kind of still meant to be seeing it from the perspective of the people who I, like, I mean, caught I, them. To be honest, you can frame it many different ways to yourself, really. Like... If, think of explaining to somebody who's never been digged in before, though. Once a year, we burn the image of a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, it's really know, weird. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not saying that Guy Fox was like correct to do what he did, but it's definitely more nuanced than the very propagandic machine of like, ah, burn the terrorist. Do you yeah, know what I mean? totally. I didn't even um, particularly realize that religion like played into it. Oh, really? No, well, I, I didn't just, either. He sort of painted as like a Lone Ranger as well. I didn't realise yeah. he was in like a... Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, like his views didn't reflect those of the Catholics in the country at the time. There was very much a, like a, a small terrorist cell. Do you know what I mean? They were the extremists. Yeah, and yeah. If he had succeeded, it probably would have made life way harder for Catholics there because, you know, even if he killed all those people, all of those people probably had heirs and, you know... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and like, like retribution and stuff. Prob- and it yeah, would it probably would have started thing. a complete civil war that would have, you know, put the country into even more shit than it was already in. So obviously it was great that it was foiled, but I, I think it is still a very weird, uncomfortable thing to, like, be like, to celebrate the death of... Yeah, it's the really violent weird death of any person um, yeah. which is and it, it really reminded me of when they finally cop in Laden and how the American press treated that I remember being incredibly jarring do you remember that? yeah it was really strange they were all like cheering like firing their guns yeah. people were celebrating in the streets and stuff it's very strange uh, and I don't know it just makes me feel kind of icky and it makes me feel like we haven't really learned anything because we still do that. We still try to pick out individual people. And I think that's why people find ISIS so terrifying because there doesn't seem, it just seems to be lots and lots of cells and it doesn't yeah. seem to be any one leader. And I think bin Laden was very useful for people back then. You know what I mean? And same with Saddam Hussein. Like obviously there's a really evil men, but they represent much bigger, more sprawling oh, ideologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I just think it's interesting. Um, but I think Guy Fox became the emblem of so much more because his face was adopted by Anonymous and um, and that, Guido Fawkes yeah. isn't it the site you know the guy the yeah isn't there like a whistleblower yeah kind a whistleblower called oh, Guido I, Fawkes uh, yeah. an Anonymous blogger yeah well Julian Assange has worn the mask yeah it's supposed to be it's become like the symbol of like standing up for truth and being a vigilante yeah. and like railing against the government and against the status quo which started um with V for Vendetta. Yeah. It's a series that's set in like a dystopian post-apocalyptic Britain and the uh, illustrator for it, uh, David Lloyd, he took this idea of, okay, if we're looking for like an icon of what it is to rail against the establishment, what better person than Guy Fox? Maybe we should think of him as sort of an anti-hero. Um, and then that image just oh. got reused and reused and reused and became a symbol of so much more. I just like fireworks night for having a hot dog and stepping on crunchy leaves and being in a yeah. scarf and drinking yeah. a cider outside. Yeah. Having sparklers. Going to the park with someone you might end up sleeping with. Now, as we all know, since the birth of our Lord the Atkins diet... Carbs have been outlawed in the Western world and illegal to eat in public since Sex and the City. Ah, yes. This is true. But smart women will always find a way to get what they want. So today's smart lesson is on how to eat carbs without losing friends or make men think you're some sort of monster. Very helpful. How to eat carbs influence people, a 10-step guide. (laughs) Alex, do you want to start us off? Yeah, we've compiled a handy, uh, just a few tips for you. Um, Always apologise before you eat the carbs. Um, On the way towards them in the office, when you're ordering them in a restaurant, um, or if someone offers them to you, like if someone's got some chips and they say, do you want a chip? Just be like, oh, sorry, I should... Or or act like um, getting some chips is a bit like going in on a mortgage with someone. Like, like, if I get chips, will you have half? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, just want to Make sure before I order the chips that yeah. you will have half. Ensure that they are eating the same, if not more, amount mm. of carbs than you. Definitely. Always, always acknowledge that you know that they're carbs as well. So people don't think that you're stupid. Because if you order pasta, they might be like, does she think that's courgette? <laughs> Um, of course. Because that's, yes. that's linguine. Yeah. So you have to be like, oh, I know it's bad. I know. I I'm know just one bad. walking carb. I'm going to the gym tomorrow. Yeah. I'll be naughty. That's why I like grown adult women using the word naughty, naughty. to eat food. Oh, I'll just have a, a slice of white bread. 
It's like, that's not being naughty. Like fucking baking weed into a brownie and then covering it in butter is naughty. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, delicious. <laughs> and remember, ladies, always choose from one of these stock phrases. I've written them all down for you, so we'll go around in turn. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, go on then. Oh, I shouldn't really, but okay. <laughs> what am I like? <laughs> Simply eat as many carbs as you like, multiple times a day, but always proceed them with these phrases to remain incognito, so that the person offering you the war that you're with might think this is a one-off for the year. Yes, otherwise you will be highlighted to the authorities and uh, taken away. Yeah, absolutely. Are rice carbs? Are rice the same as pasta? Mm. Is rice, is pasta a crop? I think rice is carbs. Is it? Yeah, rice is naughty. Because you can have naughty? cauliflower rice. It's couscous oh, naughty. Why would they have made cauliflower rice if there's if not real rice? a oh, fake yeah. vegetable alternative? It is not a carb. So that means lentils are still fine. Yeah, I is still fine. For now, yes. I think they are a bit carby, but Goose still cues. vegetable. Not oh. couscous. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things masquerading as carbs, like quinoa. Like, quinoa is a carb. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's yeah. carb, yeah. Oh my God, I've got to... But it's like a vegetable, trendy carb. Okay. So that's okay. Quinoa is like halfway between cauliflower rice and actual rice mm. on the kind of spectrum of carbs. It's a big spectrum, isn't it? And you have to pay attention to the carb spectrum. When obviously. was the last time you ate carbs as a smart woman, Hannah? Oh, God. Um, today, but I went for a run. Fine. Would you apologise? Yeah. That's all right. Caroline? I had a burger for lunch, but it only is a favour to a friend. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, she was going through a breakup and I didn't eat. Yeah, because another thing that you can do with um, eating carbs as well is to order something which traditionally has a large carb element that's integral to the item, like a burger. Yeah. Obviously, two-thirds of that is a bun. But then you take away... The carb. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah, the carb. Yeah. So you order, like, the thing that it is, but without most of the thing that it is. Yeah. Be Very like, good. oh, I don't need the bun, just give me another lettuce leaf. Yeah, it's just the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Um, but obviously, you can, like, put the bun into your bag for later. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, eat it on the tube. Mm. Yeah. So, like, in a nice corner. and moist from all the grease then. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Fine delicacy. Just a, a soggy, soggy bun. Mm. Last time I had carbs was, um, the, there was frost on the ground. It was the first <laughs> frost of the year. <laughs> Today. Today. So, uh, I think we've all passed the test then. Uh, yeah, I think we have. Um, I'm really sorry, but after this I'm going to eat a chip sandwich. But I do feel bad about it, and I shouldn't really, but, you know, yeah. as a treat. But it's actually just cabbage chips. Yeah, cabbage yeah. chips, yeah. And I am going to eat an apple crumble, but only because it's going off tomorrow. It's from Waitrose, so sorry. Oh, and also there's fruit in that, babes. Yeah, so yeah, fine. fine. Acid, stomach acid. Mm-hmm. So that's been episode 19. Join us next week for episode, I don't know. <laughs> Remember, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, you can see us use words on Twitter at at dumbwomenpod or email us a question like Jenny did on dumbwomenpod at gmail.com or send us 300 pence on ko-fi.com Thank you to Jenny for writing in with your question about central heating this week Thanks also to Harry Harris for our jingles Gavin Day for our logo and Soho Radio Studios for the recording space and thank you for listening Goodbye Ta-ra Houston coming in. Found a woman in space. (laughs) I'm Sandra Bullock looking for my personality. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.